0: My, my
1: brother from another mother. Not much, but the one thing I love about this country is that you're able to stay home and just watch some hockey on your TV, man, you know. Oh, on a nice oh, screen oh, with oh, a nice TV, oh. you know, get to watch hockey right now, you know oh, I, oh, with the hockey art in the background. You know, I, I might become a hockey fan, man, and get to just always watch that hockey on my TV, man, you know. Watching watching hockey on the TV is great, don't you think?
0: You're a jerk. Anyways, moving on from that. Um, it is um, three nothing Islanders. I'm um, sure Sterkin has not looked good so far. He's given up three goals. He's given up... Especially a goal, um, give a power play goal, and give up I mean, hes not been looking good. Um, it's still early. I mean, in hockey, there are no lead safe, especially a three nothing lead. There are no lead safe in the NHL. So you still got two more periods to go. So it looks good for the Islanders right now.
1: Look, but you can't just rest on your loyal, on your on your laurels right now. I don't know much about the hockey, but if the New York Islanders lose the game to a team that they started up with through nothing and are clearly clearly the better team. I'm gonna say this they got problems. Alright <laughs> they got problems
0: Yeah that is that is that is not what you want to start the season. Um Obviously, Kyrie Irvin commented that he's committed to playing with Harden and KD. He said he's going to return soon. He started talking to GM Sean Marks. Um, yeah, obviously, Irvin right. Meyer. Hmm?
1: Yeah, right.
0: That's what he said to Sean Marks. Um, that's what he. That was his word. According to Sean Marks, Kyrie Irvin is excited and is committed to playing with James Harden and Kevin Durant. We'll be back
1: next week. You know what? I need to hear from Kyrie. Why? Why don't he? You know, he he can go live. He can he he can make his words known. You know, for all we know, Sean Marks could just be saying that. So, you know, just so people stop but, talking uh, about it. That's that that that's very safe to assume.
0: It is. Um... Also, Urban Meyer, it's official, he is now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. What are your thoughts?
1: He's going to get nine wins maybe in the next four wow. four years. Max, maybe 12. I mean, it's cool, you know. You got the coach, you you got the quarterback, but you got to fill 52 other spots, you know. uh They lost. Now, if they had these two names, you know, two, three years ago, when they had Ramsey, and they had Yannick, and they had Fournette, and they had some receivers. Alright. Cool. Got it. Go, 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 go get that six, seven win season. But, you know? I mean, can we really expect let's be honest, as good as Trevor Lawrence may be, can we expect more than a three win season next year? Uh, it's hard to
0: say, uh uh it's hard to say, uh, that you're wrong. I I need to see what the Jaguars add. They have the most money they have the most money under the cap. So they can add a lot of pieces. Let's see who we bring, who Urban Mind brings us coaching staff before making win-loss projection. So I- I- I'm gonna
1: hold out. What a hack! Not a hack. It's just being smart. Well, I'm I'm making a safe bet with history. That's that that's what I'm betting on. Let let's face it. The last time the Jaguars been great, they they lost a playoff game to the Patriots. That was when they had a bunch of six plus foot wide wide receivers. Um and last time before that, Tom Coughlin was like fifty years old. Forty years old. So you know, yeah. <laughs> Safe, bet. Safe bet.
0: Well, we will see. Um, Jerry Golf is going to start this Sunday. Obviously, he's going to be he's going to start against the Packers. Obviously, that's that's really not news. Obviously, what happened to Warford. Um, Brian Flores says he's going to he has faith and confidence that Tua is going to be his starter. That's what he said. We shall see. We, we will see if that is the
1: case. I mean, they they could easily be saying that because that's who they have right now, you know. But but once once that trade gets popping off, you know, because some guy dug up what Sean Mark said many many years ago when he took the GM job, and he said. He referenced what Billy King did with uh, Prokhorov. We're never going to gut the system to win. And what did he do? He gutted their future. He gutted their future to potentially win. And it was brought up on the K show today. That this may be the most talented big three. That may be true. But what they want to get to. Is what KD Steph and Clay did. Three finals appearances. Two wins. And we all know why that third win didn't happen. And is it realistically to say they're gonna win two? No. Can we really guarantee one? No. So it's a wait and see. It's a wait and see to how real Kyrie is. It's a wait and to see how ready he is. And how much he wants to truly, truly play. Is is there enough ball to go around? I don't know. Only one person. May, the three of them may be able to score 35, 40 points a night. But only one person could take that game-winning or game timing shot. So, we'll, Eagles, Eagles got a slide. A little bit here. And you know what? If it's me... I'm giving the ball to James Harden and KD and Clutched and Kyrie. And I don't want to hear about the shot in the finals. KD and Harden over Kyrie Irving. And any talent of the week.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. That's what you should do. Um. But in order to win a championship, there's a lot of sacrifices that needs to require. You look at all the sports, look at all the great champions. There was always sacrifice. The question being is that who's going to sacrifice? So let's be honest. This is KD's franchise. I don't care about James Harden and Kyrie Irving. This is Kevin Durant's franchise. This is this is for him. And yeah, and there was a and there was a report that no team wanted Kyrie. But the only reason why the Nets said yes is because of giving Kevin Durant. And that was the Knicks' biggest mistake. They wanted Kevin Durant, but they didn't want
1: Kyrie. I mean I mean, let's 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 be real. You know, you know, a lot of people think that maybe you don't get K D without Kyrie. And and may maybe that's true to a point because look at now. Right, I'm pretty sure before Sean pulled the trigger, I'm pretty sure he said, "Do you do you want to roll with Harden?" So, it is, it is, it is Katie calling shots too. But also, can you really? It's can you really pass on giving James Harden? It's it's like the Yankees with standing You couldn't pass it down. You know, there's also another difference that standing came at such a low price. This didn't. But you're not going to pass down playing with James Harden. Because these guys aren't going to score a lot of points. But the, but the key thing is, will they be able to make that stop? That defensive stop. But we're about to have Mr. RJ Santillo running with DCR right now. Used to run with Team KS. And it should be fun. Let's do it. And we are here with the great RJ Santillo um, in life doors open and doors close and before that new chapter can start an old chapter has to finish so you know tell us how you thought of when you heard the news that you were going to be leaving T M K S and you know as we all know michael k donald Greco, of rosenberg are very knowledgeable i'm sure you learned a lot from Andrew gunling so what are the few things that you learned that you know you can take with you with, with your new journey right now.
2: Well first thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And second, with those guys when I found out that my time with them was coming to an end, it was it was a bummer. I, I'd be lying if I if I said any different. I worked with those guys for almost five years and that that show became a family and, and it still is and I still text with those guys so it's only been a few weeks but I've learned a ton from them. That's that's an incredibly talented room, from producer to host to everyone involved with it. And I miss working with them, but it was a new challenge that that opened a new door, as You said, and it's been a lot of fun with the new guys, new guys with Chris and Dave. And it's uh, it, it's a time in my life that that boy I'll, I'll look back on even now, like even in the moment, uh, you knew how lucky you were to be involved with it. And I look back on my time with them almost five years with, with nothing but good
0: memories. Hey, um, RJ, this is James, the other half of the sports news. First, um, two quick questions. First off, how are you tonight on this lovely Thursday evening? Good, James. How are you, man? I'm good, bro. And secondly, um, I want to talk about... NFL like you you are a 49er fan you grew up how did you become a 49er fan and how did you follow this team so
2: closely I don't have a good reason for you so <laughs> I'd like to give you some kind of story I grew up in California or how I have family that traces back to the San Francisco area really nothing like that I actually grew up about an hour away from Buffalo uh in every geographical uh point says I should be a Bills fan. And I, I have been them. I really don't know. They were on TV a lot when I was a kid, which, it's crazy, it's not really a thing anymore, because you back then, I was mean, it was a couple of games that we on all the time. And it's weird because Buffalo was good. That was a calendar when Buffalo was, was going to all those Super Bowls. I was, you know, forming and yeah, I really don't know. Those those Steve Young Adams. Never really look back, but I, I wish I had a good answer Well, we don't
1: we don't worry about, you know, geographical locations because I live in New York and I'm a Patriots fan, so if if I was supposed to follow by the map, I'd have to be a Giant fan or a suffering Jets fan, um, you're also a Yankee fan, and DJ LeMayu getting mad, still not signed. You know, do you think he'll come back?
2: I think he will, and I call it of what I've heard Michael Kay say. But it's a little concerning, right? Like, he's opened, he's opened up his free agency to pretty much any and all suitors. I think it's a little bit of a, a back and forth that they're playing off each other, mainly just to send a message. I, I think he will be back. But this is a little weird, right? Because we're months into it now. It's not like the NFL or, or, or the NBA where the games are Baseball, it's a, it's a, it's a, the longer it goes, the more concerned you get. I, I, Since there, the Yankees won before, but it, it, you always know, think at some point they're going to sit down and us with each other about how many years and how much money uh to to, to each them but at some point, you, you'd still is not ready to move on past the past making, but at, at some point, you should like to see it get done, right? What do you think, what were your thoughts on the James Harden trade?
0: Because um, that was a big trade that Brooklyn got, and off-state mortgage the future. Do you think Brooklyn has what it takes to win a championship? I mean, from my perspective,
2: understand, but from what it gives in terms of interest level, it's further of off. Brooklyn is, and I, and I live in Brooklyn. I don't get the sense that that team has quite taken hold. They you see a lot of Brooklyn Nets gear. Uh, I think just because, uh, uh, and I used to work with with Robin Lumberg and he used to say this: they they knocked marketing out of the park, branding like the the logo black and white. It it matches almost anything you wear. So you see a lot of Brooklyn Nets. Year, but you wonder if the team's really nailed down a fan base in this area. But okay, hey, I guess this is how you do it, right? <laughs> Three of the most marketable players in the entire league, and I think they'll certainly can, can win a championship. I think we all do. But the thing that, that they're going to deal with is how are these guys going to, to deal with each other on a daily basis? Not even just on the on the floor, but off of it. Can they can they show up if you're Kyrie Irving? Can they all get along? I mean. We talked about it earlier at the at the station. Um, these are these are three of the top sixteen players in usage rate all time. With uh, Kyrie, I believe is sixteen, and Harden and Durant, I believe are in the top ten. So uh, these are guys who all maybe don't command the, the ball as much as as each other. Where where if you're Durant, you don't need the ball in your hands as much as Kyrie or Harden, but Boy, those other two guys—they—they they pound the ball into the floor sometimes, and you just wonder if there's if there's enough shots to go around. That I mean, hey, if Kyrie, if Kyrie doesn't show up, I guess it's
1: up to That's my main problem, right? Katie's basically the star, so we all know he's gonna get his—he's gonna get his 25, 30 plus points. He's—he's he's gonna get his 28 to 34 minutes, but. For game winning purposes, you know, if Harden's on fire and Kay- and Kyrie's not, will his ego be okay with not possibly taking the game winning shot? If it's reversed, will Harden not be okay with getting that moment? Will Will both of them be able to make up a play so so they can set up KD? And my main main worry is you know what, there's probably gonna be, and it it would suck, but there's probably gonna be another tragedy between now and playoffs. So, let's just say that happens, and, you know, is Kyrie gonna be mentally strong to be, to play? Or will he be depressed for a day, and then, you know, another one of his family members will have a birthday party? You know, that's that and and that's probably why they got James Harden because you're not sure of what of when Kyrie wants to play. He's like two faced. One day he wants to play, one day he doesn't.
2: Yeah, Kyrie's. It feels like there's something else going on there, right? It feels like the whole story's not quite out yet. And hey, I know that I know that that, that Stephen A. said in the last couple of days that if Kyrie's not feeling after playing, he should retire. I I, I mean that's you know, maybe going a little bit far, but there is there is some kind of there's some kind of debt you owe your teammates, right? Like of course. if you believe what you're if you believe what you hear, Kyrie is the one who when he and Durant were deciding where they wanted to play, Kyrie kind of kinda led the the ship. I heard I heard Ramon Shelbert say that uh, earlier today. And if you're if you're K D and, and Kyrie led you here, now he's kind of just A wall. I mean where does that leave you? And and I don't, I don't know if the Nets, I don't know if their plan was to have KD coming off uh, his, his Achilles injury playing back-to-backs. So I don't know if that was part of the plan immediately. They don't have, it's still very early, but they don't have the record. They didn't get off to the start that they wanted. I think they're still looking to, to, to get some things down as far as timing. Now they're going to have to do it again because they just shuffle up their entire lineup. But this certainly gives them, them insurance. With, with two guys who played together, they're comfortable together with KD and, and Harden, and, and their games play play well off each other. Now when you add Kyrie to the next, how does that all play out? And like you said earlier, someone's got to kind of take a backseat or multiple guys do. When, when KD went to Golden State, those guys all kind of worked around him. Like, Steph, Key, I, Steph Curry, I don't think, gets enough credit as, as such a, a, an acquiescent superstar. He, he kind of let uh, Durant come in and say, this is kind of your team. Like he was, uh, Durant won two Finals MVPs, and and in their time together, Durant, when he needed to be the guy, they kind of let him be the guy. Curry still had his moments, as did Clay and, and Draymond. But it happened in Miami too, right? When LeBron went to Miami, and it was that's Wade's team. They I mean they call it Wade County, and, <laughs> and and LeBron. It took a little bit, but it eventually, kind of became LeBron's team while LeBron, he was there. And then, then things. The paradigm shifted back when LeBron left, as as has uh, half things in Golden State when when KD left. But no, you're right. Someone, someone, or in this case, multiple guys are going to have to understand that there's only one game-winning shot per game. Uh, you, you know, in close games, and only one person gets to take it. Exactly, and that's one of the key
0: things. And. Thinking with that, obviously that's a big topic of the of, of what's been going on in the sports world, especially in the NBA. Um, they have to win the championship. I think there's no question about it. You have to win a championship in the time that you're in, especially because Kevin Durant had to opt out after next season. Um, if Brooklyn does not win a championship, how big of a failure would this be on them?
2: Oh, huge, huge, and. Brooklyn fans and New Jersey net fans have, have they've kind of seen this play out before, where the, the, this is much better, much better than the Paul Pierce KG deal. But I, I believe that group won one playoff series and they gave up, you know, picks for how many years? Five, six years in a row, uh, not in a row, yeah. the, the, the every the every other year uh, rule, but I mean, it's almost a decade it seemed like. And this is the same thing, like those pick spots right now because they gave up. Uh, what, three first-round picks, and then there's one additional going to Houston, and then there's, I believe there's three pick swaps, or three or four uh, right-to-swap picks, but uh, yeah it's four. And the first two don't really matter as much because if, if Durant and Harden and Kyrie are all still playing together for the next three, four years, it doesn't matter. But those last two picks, you know, five or seven years down the road, that might not seem like anything, but the right-to-swap picks... Where those guys leave, the team struggles, all of a sudden, those good, you could be going if you're Houston. Uh, let's say they're on the rise again, maybe 20th, maybe they're a fringe playoff team 22nd. Uh, let's just say Brooklyn, like all the laughter, maybe they're 80 or not as effective six, six, seven years down the road, I, I think they'll still be. Effective because Harden's got that old man game, right? Like he's—I think he'll be pretty well KD, KD, and we'll see where Kyrie is. But maybe leave because three inches, like you said, it's never too far away in the NBA. Uh, Harden can opt out after after next year, and Kyrie and KD have two more years after this. But maybe those maybe those guys leave, and maybe that pick swap—maybe the, the the Nets are on pace to have a top three, four, five pick, and maybe those pick swaps are, are huge in a few years. So if they don't win a title, you know,
1: at least. The huge. And another thing that I think work with Golden State is Clay Curry and Dre. They all got theirs. They won in twenty sixteen. You know, they they knew Katie's a star because I'll still say in those two finals win, Katie was the biggest part. He hit a lot of clutch shots. You know, so maybe if they don't have him. Maybe they don't win these finals because that's exactly why they lost against the Raptors. If KD's healthy, they're they're three peating. And would KD leave a three peat? So maybe that's what KD and Kyrie gotta do. They both got rings. Harden don't. Maybe you know don't don't back off all the way, but back off a little bit at least for the first month. You know, to kind of let him get his foot in, because that can be very, very valuable. And if all three, if all three of them are right, how is any team or the Lakers gonna stop them? It's a good question. I mean, the Lakers,
2: the Lakers in their own right. they? I think they're ten and three, and they seem to pick up right where they left off last year. But it's a great point. I mean, they said they've said that that. It's going to be kind of matchup based. Who gets the big shots? Who who has the big moments per night for the Nats? And I mean, you know, when are you not going to like your matchup with any one of those guys? Uh, let alone all on the same team. But uh, that's kind of what we're all waiting for now, right? Is is the Lakers and and the Nats. And oh, the storylines would be incredible um, with LeBron and Kyrie. I mean, assuming Kyrie's back.
1: <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Lakers are Lakers are ten and three. They're they're a half game up over the Clippers right now.
2: Oh, yeah, they they seem like they picked up right where they left off. They got better. They got better, which is which is pretty amazing. And yeah, the the Nets where they're at right now, I would expect them. Like you said, I would expect everyone to kind of fall in line for a little while at least. Uh, whether that means getting Harden more comfortable or or whatever it is, um, and, and I would think Kyrie would be back. Now, if not now, then, then when? But yeah, count countdown to Lakers and and Knicks is on at this point. What, what do you think? If you're um, the Knicks,
0: obviously the Knicks are five and seven, but they can't shoot. They're, they can't shoot. The Knicks, the Knicks couldn't shoot in a well if they could. What, and if you're a Knicks fan, what should you even expect? I mean, Julius Randle is playing well, but RJ can't have a consistent jumper. I mean, quickly's look nice, but the rest of
2: the team, just, they just can't shoot at all. Yeah, and, and, and I am a Knicks fan. And Clyde Frazier said the other night, uh, NBA is a, a tough place to learn how to shoot. <laughs> Where <laughs> is, is some of these guys, like you said, the jumper... You know, the jumpers is not where you want it to be for with, with a number of these guys, and, and for as good as Julius Randle has been, I think you've, you've seen it a little bit uh, during the losing streak. Not so much. He, he was he was, had a really nice, really nice stat line against Brooklyn last night, but it, you you saw a little bit during the, uh, during the early portion of those losing streaks where it's it's tough to bring it every night. That's why you have such respect for a guy like LeBron, who's going to go get thirty nine and eight every single night and just carry the load and. If for as good as Julius Randle's been, you wonder if, he, if 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 this season, if the Knicks are a 500, slightly so below 500 team, will they try and cash in at the deadline? Is he the guy that is he a guy that's going to be on the roster the whole year and all, all 72 games? And they're they're so young. And and this thing though that I would say that's that's positive is that they, they appear like they they kind of have the adults in the room now and the head coach Timo and. You know, and you kinda of see a direction now and they work. The team works and, and while they are young and there's a lot of things that need to get better you get the feeling now that at least they kinda have it together. Um, I, even at five and seven, which which speaks to where they were. I mean, under Fizdale, I don't think they won their fifth game last year until their I think until their twenty fifth game of the season, I think. So the yeah. fact that they've already got five in the first dozen is it's slow growth but it is growth.
1: If you were the Knicks and when it gets right before the trade deadline, would you try to trade Randall, you know, for for the, for the best possible deal you can get?
2: If, if you don't feel like you're a playoff team, I, I think you have to. But here's the thing, even if you think you can be the 8th seed, is that worth it? Because if you think you can be the 8th seed, and, and I mean, I know making the playoffs is great, but... Um, and if you think it's, it's worth it for the room to get those guys engaged, then then go for it. But what does that lead to? Like, it leads to, to playing Brooklyn or it leads to playing Milwaukee. If you, I mean, I don't know who will be the one, the two, and the three, but Philadelphia. And they were also in on Harden, so that tells you, you know, what they think of their team for this season and how far they can go. And if they were in on Harden, I'm sure they'd be on some, in on somebody else down the road, perhaps before the deadline. I mean, if you're one of those lower two, three seeds, does that lead to anything? So, I, I guess what I'm saying is, if you're the Knicks at the deadline, you have to listen to, to any and all offers. I'm, I'm not just about anybody, but you know, if somebody's playing well that you don't foresee being here for the next year or two, especially uh, I guy like Julius Randle, that uh, you have to listen.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what you should do. Um... If you're the yeah, if you're the Knicks, that's what you gotta do, and you gotta like you have to show for agency that you're building something. Because I think part of the Knicks' problem is they they have not built a sustainable winner. Like players don't care about playing for New York; they don't care about that no more. All players care about is like where am I going to get the best chance to win? And the Knicks have not given that best chance to win. They they really haven't, and it's going to be a long rebuild and. The last question about the Knicks is: Thibodeau is and Thibodeau's a great coach, but I think the knock on Thibodeau was the fact that he plays his guys a lot of minutes. Could that wear off on some players? I know it's a young team, and that's fine because you know you want to give the young players a lot of minutes. But couldn't that wear off on, a, on um, some veterans? Because I saw on on Wednesday that Julius Randle was getting tired.
2: I mean to and, and, and you're right, he's, he's a young guy. But he's not as young as you guys. I think he's twenty six years old. And yeah. he's kinda get you can he's kinda getting to that age where, you know, I don't I I I think he's in, but I, I agree you kinda gotta you have to be at a different level of shape to like play for 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 Thibodeau and, and you wonder if it's still a point where he I I don't know. I don't know if I could do this for seventy-two games, and if, if that coincides with the Knicks perhaps trying to pump his value before the deadline and, and move off him. He's got a year left after this after this year. He's—I mean—he's making good money. He's making 18 million, 20 million maybe. But I mean, in today's NBA, that's that's not that's not as crazy as it could be. Like, so there's a, there are teams out there that that can take on that salary. And, and you're right, he, he gets his guys to play hard, but he, he, he grinds the gears a little bit on, on, on players in terms of trying to get everything out of them. And Yeah, I mean, it's nice for fans to say that these guys need to, they need to be worked hard, they need to play hard, they need to get in the mindset of, of playing heavy minutes, but in, in a season like this where everything, um, all the games are condensed, schedule's condensed, it, that can, that can wear on you quickly. See,
1: that's something we won't know till there's like 10 games left of the season. You know, but again, what you said, RJ, was incredibly right. We know a playoff spot is not going to lead anything to other than one win in one game in the first round of the playoffs. That's, that's all it's going to lead into. You know, as long as you say, you know, as long as you see, oh, RJ doing good and be doing well, you know, that's, that's good, um, you know, we got another round of, of NFL playoffs, and this Sunday, we got what could be the history ball, and the last matchup of Tom Brady and Drew Brees, you know, so, what do you think's gonna happen with that game, and who do you think will win?
2: I think New Orleans wins, I think, <sighs> I think New Orleans. I think New Orleans has a has a really sneaky talented roster. I mean, we, we know a lot of the big names, but I think top to bottom, they just they got players all over the place. That team, and 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 I, I feel confident. Tom will be will be back next year. I mean, the guy never talks about retirement, but Breeze, this, I mean, this is it. This, this this sounds like this is this is the last ride. And I know he had some. You know some regrettable things in the off season uh, with the with the way he handled uh, some things in the summer, but I, I do think this team plays for him. I think I think he is that he's the face of that team, and I do think a good fighter to play for him. And, and with with New Orleans and, and and kind of the the closing of a window, it feels like at least the end of an era. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I did, but. Yeah. Uh, with all the with all the breezes has done for that group, I I would expect an an A effort out of them on Sunday. I th- I think for the year What I mean is, I think next year you give because we have to remember there was no off season, there was no OTAs, and and Tom Brady. We've we've heard all the stories about about how much emphasis he puts on practice and getting his guys together, repetitions. And he didn't have any of that, and no preseason games. I think next year where Brady gets a full off season and he and Arians get on the same page with a couple of things and they work Antonio Brown into the offense. That looks like that's working out for now. And I think next year, I think next year Tampa wins the division. I mean, it's tough to say because there's a whole off season, but I would not bet against him next year. That's how much faith I have in, in Brady and his work ethic and all that stuff. And, uh, but I think right now, I think there's, I think there's a lot little, little gas left in uh, in breeze and in New Orleans. I think,
0: I think the most intriguing game is um, the Ravens versus Bills. And I say intriguing because you know the Ravens are hot. The Ravens are playing incredible football as of late, and the Bills just narrowly, and I mean narrowly, just hold up, held up the Indianapolis coast Do the Bills have
2: enough? To win against a red hot team in the Baltimore Ravens. Boy, I, I don't, I do not think this is the game that Buffalo wanted, and and I agree with you. This is the game I'm most interested in. And like, a game. That this is where the pandemic really, really sucks. I, I, how much fun would it be to get together with with any you know anybody who wants to skate? You know, have a people go. But. I agree with you. I, I think this game is fascinating. I do not lose the game. I think they were I think Bill fans were rooting for Pittsburgh. I, it's funny how you know, Pittsburgh really wanted to play and, and, and I mean, I, boy, I don't know. I, I mean, Alan and Jeff is, is kind of secretly flying under the radar this year and I like them in that, I, I know that it became a big narrative of, you know, Jackson win playoff games. I mean, he played two playoff games previous to last week, and he finally won one, but you would have thought he was Owen. And he brought table, and he's, he's, he's really, that team playing really solid football. Those are two, two teams I can score, two teams that are too much. Like I said, I, I don't think they wanted Baltimore in this game, but they can score with anybody. I mean, good luck holding Buffalo under 35 points. So if Baltimore can do that, they got a shot. But Baltimore playing from behind is, is – that's not an ideal situation for them. They're much better playing ahead. So uh, I think the start of that game will tell you a lot about Baltimore's chances.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting, you know. If I'm, if I'm Buffalo, I'm making – Lamar throw the ball I'm trying to stop his run because Because that's his bread and butter You know I've, I've, I've said from day one he's, he's more of a run back Than a quarterback You know um, th- There was a game last week And it It of course didn't rate as high As I thought but the broadcasting Was fantastic It was fun And you know Bears Saints, Nickelodeon what what was your take on that game? Did you watch it on Nickelodeon? <laughs> I watched a few minutes.
2: I like seeing SpongeBob in the in, between the uprights. <laughs> yeah, I that was the, great. I, kinda, I think everybody likes seeing the slime in the end zone. It was cool. I saw a couple a couple million people watch too. It, it's cool. I mean, the, the NFL is coming at from all angles, aren't they? Like that, you can watch. Uh, every day of the week on, on 18 different uh, uh, providers cable networks, and now even Nickelodeon. <laughs> fun. Uh,
0: what do you think right now about this other matchup that we're thinking about, the, the Rams and the Packers? I think that's one of those matchups where you're thinking, oh, well, you know, Rodgers should win. But the Rams have a really good defense. I mean, don't, don't forget, that Rams team upset the Saints and got the Super Bowl a couple years back. I, I know the Packers should win, but don't
2: but it's not a foregone conclusion, especially how good that defense is of the LA Rams. No, I know you're right, and I saw that I saw that Aaron Donald today feels good. He's gonna play. Jalen Ramsey's playing about as good as anybody, uh, in the league right now and Jalen Ramsey and Devontae Adams, that boy, that's a matchup. That's like a that's a that's a, a football nerd matchup to watch. Uh, and I said that most people know who both those guys are, but you know, in a in a, in non quarterback world, like they're going to be fixated, the cameras and the and the and the the TV broadcasters on on that matchup, and I, I think that's going to tell you a lot right there because that offense in Green Bay runs through Devontae Adams like that is. That is the guy that makes it go and he's so good at the line of scrimmage getting getting a release his feet are so good his running are is just incredible but i mean ramsey's the guy ramsey's a guy that kind of de- derailed uh, dk metcalf's season in the first half of the year metcalf was you know scoring twice a game and then they re- ran into to ramsey that first time and that was the first time you really saw him kind of held down a little bit and Ramsey's the guy that the Rams gave a baton for, to mortgage the future for, first-round picks, and and this is why you got him, right? This is it. And Jared Goff, uh, going to be the guy at quarterback. And, and yeah, McVay's, listen, everybody said it, uh, tons of nice words about McVay, but there's another really, really great young coach on the other side, and, uh, and LaFleur. And and I, I agree, it's not a walkover, but I do think it'd be a disappointment for Green Bay uh, if, if they don't win this game.
1: If I, the question is, can they hold Aaron Rodgers in that offense to no more than 28 points, right? If I'm if I'm McVay, I'm 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 trying to get the ball first. If I win the coin toss, I'm taking the ball first. You gotta try to score first. Put put pressure on Rodgers. Let that defense relax a little bit, and and that's what I'm trying to do. Um, speaking of a Devante, we saw Devante Smith. Kill the first half of the national championship game. And, you know, the Jets got the second pick of the draft. You know, if they like Sam Darnold, how do you not take Devontae Smith? So, you know, what did you think of the game? And what do you think the Jets would do with that second pick?
2: Alabama's incredible. They had three, I think three of the final five Heisman. Uh, vote getters uh, on one team like that. That's one of the greatest teams I've ever seen, ever, up there with uh, not to be too recent, but last year's LSU team. That the the old one Miami Hurricanes team. When I was younger, that was always the gold standard. And uh, boy, this Alabama team—they they played an SEC-only schedule and and blew everybody out. Florida played them close, but that wasn't as quite as close as, as the final score indicates they blew everybody out their average margin of victory was 29 points this year, just incredible and uh, Devontae Smith uh, I, I I don't know if anybody made more money uh, in that game than Devontae Smith maybe ever in a, in a championship game uh, with how good he is and he, 200, what, 215 yards, 3 scores and a half and I know Jets fans want him but I, I, I do know that The fan base is divided depending on how you feel about Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold will look a lot better from Devontae Smith,
1: I I can tell you that. I just got to say, wow, you know, I didn't know who was on the Hurricanes roster in 2001, but just look at the names. The, The only one I don't know is Ken Dorsey, but you got Jeremy Shockey, you got Andre Johnson, Jonathan Vilma, Willis McGahee, Clinton Portis, Vince Wilfork, Frank Gore, Ed Reed, um DJ Williams, Brian McKenney, Antra Roll, and the late great Sean Taylor. Did they did that team win the national championship? They did. That yeah. team
2: yeah, they did. that that team was that team was incredible. Um and and they that was that was the last group that had that like that thirty for thirty Miami swag And... They were fun. They knew how good they were. Uh, I, I, Larry Coker uh, was the coach that time around, and and boy, they were fun. I mean, like just the running back room, like McGahee, Gore, it's incredible. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know where this Alabama team ends up. And like even LSU last year, LSU had twenty something guys drafted. I mean, Justin Jefferson just—I think he had fourteen hundred
1: yards in his season. Yes, second team All Pro. Uh, it, it
2: just just incredible. And, and that's the rare trade that works off of both teams where the Vikings traded Stefan Diggs away. Stefan Diggs, right? Now he leads the league in, in catches and playing arts, but they reinvested Jefferson, who you it the second team that the throw as a rookie. I think uh, both sides are pretty happy with that. It's kind, of, it's kind of ironic, too, because Billy had a chance to take Jordan Jefferson, but they take Jalen Breaker instead. And
0: boy. Jalen Rager has not turned out nearly as great as how um, J- um, J- um, Justin, um, J- um, Justin Jefferson has turned out. He has been playing fantastic. Um, so if you if you are the New York Jets and you are at the 11th spot and you have your choice of Jalen Waddle or Pitts from Florida or Patrick Sertan the corner, and I can ask you this, RJ, because you're not a Giants fan, you can answer subjectively. What
2: do you think the Giants? What do you think the Giants should draft? That's a great question. Gettleman's been a little hard to he's a little hard to track, um, because he's—he's he's proven he doesn't necessarily draft on, on the ultimate need, um, and I think he proved that when he drafted Saquon a few years ago. They'll we'll get back. Uh, I, I, Sertan, I, I really like a lot. I'm a big fan of, but I, but you know, Bradbury has been everything and more that, that they asked for when they signed. Waddle, um, Waddle, uh, he had the big first half of the year for Alabama, and he like I know he was banged up in the in the championship game, but he was a guy early on in the year that, that got a little more love, a little more shine than than Devonta Smith did. So I know he's got a really high ceiling. Teams love him, but. I mean, I don't know, do, 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 like, I don't know where do the Giants fans lay on this? Do, do they think they do receiver? Uh, I, I guess if, if they could use true number one, um, I mean, that, that room is talented with, with Sterling Shepard and Derry and Slayton and, and Evan Ingram when he catches the ball, had a really good oh year. My <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's probably the most confusing Pro Bowl season I can remember. Uh, recently because he's a pro Generally, bowler, which on paper, if, if you're not, if you don't live around here, you would think, oh, good for Evan Ingram, he had a great year, but <laughs> it, it, depending <laughs> on what Giant fan you ask, you get a lot of different responses with that.
0: A lot of Giant fans, like, you know, like, like, like Dave Rothenberg, would be like, how is a Robert Tunyon, who led all tight ends in touchdowns, he's not a pro bowler, but Evan Ingram, who drops passes like like, like the Knicks drop bricks as a pro as that, that, that one makes no sense. But it, it, I think it all depends on what the Giants do in free agency. I mean, because it's a great free agency receiver class. You got Allen Robinson, you got Kenny Galladay, you got Antonio Brown. Like You have a lot of I, I'm not saying these guys are going to come to the Giants. I'm saying that these are some receivers that come am the Giants I would at least make like, like an offer to because the Giants need playmakers. I mean, the offensive line is that to come together for the Giants. I think they, they do need a pass rusher on defense. I do like Blake Martinez. I, I, I do think the young kid that they got are really good. In, um, Tate Crowder and um, um, Carter Coughlin. Um, the secondary is decent. I mean, the going to be a stud. Logan Ryan is back. Um, the, the Giants are not that far off as people think, but they really, really do need a, a number one receiver. Because it says when Daniel Jones has, has had time, he's actually looked, and he's healthy, he's actually looked
2: like a, a decent quarterback. Yeah, and 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 these kids in the draft, they proved they can play right away. There's not really, there used to be a rule of thumb years ago that it usually took about three years for a receiver to pop. You had to give a guy about three years. I remember Andre Johnson, who, he kind of got off to a slower start, not slow, but wasn't going for fourteen hundred yards like Justin Jefferson. It was a different league back then, with with the amount you ran the ball and the amount you passed the ball. And it took a couple of years. That's not the case anymore. Like just just, I mean, last year we talked about Justin Jefferson, uh, Brandon Ayuk on the on the Niners, who I spent a lot of time watching, had a really good year. These, uh, I mean, it, it's not a hundred percent hit rate. You you mentioned uh, Jalen Rager, but. These guys prove they can play right away. So if it's Waddle or whoever it is, the guys can come in and go for 1,000 yards, you know, year one, immediately. They can go to Pro Bowls, year one. And and if the Giants believe that that's all they are away, and like you said, that offensive line, uh, they played a lot better uh, later. Thomas was better. Lemieux came in and he did a lot of good things for them. They'll get Saquon back so they can lean on that running game. Yeah, if they believe they're just a, a, a true number one receiver away from Popping for the next couple of years, and I would expect that's where they'll go.
1: All right, let's talk about you a little bit. Um, how did you get to this path? What made you want to pursue this for your career? And you know, what's you know, how do you how do you prep? What's your daily responsibilities?
2: So when I came here, I'll give you the the short version is. Uh, I was I was working in Rochester where I'm from, up near Buffalo. And I actually took a part time job here just because I thought, you know, how many chances do you get to work for ESPN, even if it's part time and we'll see how it goes. Take it year by year and every year has been better than the last and I'm lucky for that and hey I'm i on this ride as long as I can stay on. <laughs> as long as I can stay on the on the on the carnival ride I am in and uh, it's a great place to work and, and I'm very lucky for it, I, and I, I know it every day. Um, as far as what I, do, as far as what I do, my role, and it's 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 really we. Have, I have a saying I use with the guys: and the show never stops. And and what that means is there's always content, there's always stuff happening. Anything, I, I think any great show, anything that happens throughout the day can be brought back, whether that's personal, whether that's sports. Like just before I got on with you guys, I was texting uh, Rick, Dave, and Chris, and. And Ray Santiago, the other producer on the show, uh, you know, just just kind of razzing uh, razzing the Rangers fans in the board because they went down three nothing at the intermission of the Islanders. Stuff like that is, is you know, it, just, it, it, it keeps everyone engaged. Uh, it's it it helps bring everyone together. The, the 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 format of a group text has changed the way I think communication is done these days because before you. You had to get together. You had to, you know, right. three way call each other or, or whatever. Uh, you don't know. It's just everyone can talk. to Everyone at their own leisure. It's amazing. And and it, it's 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 fun uh, in that you never know, you know, who's going to say what or something like that. And then we could talk about it on tomorrow's show. It, it makes lot, it makes it makes a lot more fun. I think.
0: Before I get to Rabbit's Fire, um, RJ, are you a Ranger fan
2: or a Sabres fan? I am a Sabres fan, and it's not going well. It it typically has Uh, gone last decade. Oh, oh. Um,
0: and before I hear it, and, and I have to ask this, but I know that you're, you know, it, it must be fun for you know that when you produce the morning show, you've got Rick DiPietro, who's an Islander fan and also used to play for the New York Islanders. You have Dave Rothenberg, a craze fan and a lifelong, lifelong fan of, of, of all the seasons, from the New York Rangers. So when you're doing the morning show. And you're seeing like Rick ruffle Dave's feathers, and then Dave ruffles Rick feathers. Like, how, how, how does it feel in the background with you and um and um and Ray Santiago? Like, how does it, how does that feel? Uh, what do you do? It
2: laugh. <laughs> <laughs> because it's genuine with Dave. It's it's, it's you would think he's putting on an act, but he's he's legitimately. Yeah, I won't say legitimately crazy, but yeah, you wonder sometimes. <laughs>
0: oh man, but but we're gonna end this with some rapid fire, so I'll just, I'm gonna ask you some quick questions, RJ. You're gonna give me some um, um answers, okay? You got it. Okay. Um, do you think the Yankees will will get to the World Series in 2021? No. Do you think the Mets will get the World Series in 2021? No. Will the Dodgers repeat? Yes. Okay. Um, is Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP this year? Yes, 100%. Who are you taking to win the Super Bowl? Is
2: it the Chiefs or the field? The Chiefs. I'll take the Chiefs until it's, it's not the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Um. What the? What will it take for Patrick Mahomes to be on that upper class of greatest quarterbacks of all time? Oof.
2: Keep doing what he's doing. He's, he's not a heck of a pass. Just keep doing what he's doing. What way is more for you? Rings or stats? Oof. I guess I guess rings, but stats are important. But but rings.
0: Okay, between Michael, Don, and Peter, who's the who's the funniest one out of those three? Michael, Michael, because of the quick witted
2: humor. But but Peter's up there too. I mean they're all, they're all funny, but they're both so witty and quick. Um, two quick ones. Then this is a personal favorite of mine. Are you doing Drop Madness this year? <laughs> I won't personally. I'm sure I'll, I'll help out where needed, but I need it, but I believe it will be done,
0: yes. <laughs> awesome. And last question, um, between you, um, between our, um, Ray Santiago, um, Brian Munguia, and Anthony um who's your favorite producer out of those three? Your favorite guy to talk to those three guys?
2: Uh, you, you, you know, I, I can't rank them, but th- those are those are all great guys, and uh, I, I've I've enjoyed working with all of them. And uh, but I, I see a lot more of Santiago these days. I see him every day, so <laughs> I, I won't I won't rank them, but I, I enjoy all. Of them. <laughs> what's
1: what's your what's your favorite Don rant?
2: That's a good question. I would say I I would say when he when the microphone fell off the little hinge and it fell into
1: his hand and he and he yelled at Michael to fix it and he threw it on the ground and walked in. <laughs> Mine is the one a couple of years ago where him and Michael were in front of City Field and there was a tragedy I I I, I think a train tragedy in another caller and in another, you know, and, and, and he banned the caller because because there was some kind of comparison about someone being a DH or not being a DH. And I was like, are, are you serious with everything going around in the world right now? Is that what you really have to complain about? He's like, you're banned. Done, I'm done with him. Yeah,
0: I remember that. I do remember that.
1: And last... I think last... Last, last question, you know... No matter what happens in the playoffs, but we we got the regular season to look at. Who do you think it was? More of Tom Brady the arm or more of Bill Belichick, the genius.
2: I think I think Brady, no knock to Belichick, but I think for as great as a coaching, I mean they need each other, that's the short answer. But I I, I always give a little more credit to the players. 'cause they're the one out there actually doing it, but I agree. Uh, for as great as Belichick is, and he's the greatest ever. Uh, I mean at least in the sh- at least in the short term it looks like uh, it looks like Brady uh, won the uh, the divorce, at least at least in the immediate. <laughs> <laughs> well R J and for our listeners you can catch R
0: J producing the morning show um, DCR DPHO, Canty, Kent, uh, and Rothenberg from 5 to 8, Monday through Friday, on uh, 98.7 ESPN New York. And, RJ, you are fantastic as always, man. I-, I believe you are the star behind the stars, because without you producing and and having fun with, with Dave, Rick, and Chris, um, the show wouldn't be possible. And thank you so much for giving us a moment of your time, man. We truly appreciate it, man.
2: Oh, anytime, fellas. I appreciate you having me. Uh, thank you for the kind words, and you guys uh, take care. Be safe.
1: No problem. Take care, buddy. You too. But that was a fantastic time with the great RJ Santillo. Uh, you know, shows like DCR, Team KS, Alan Hornbot Scott you know. You, you know, it's. It's those guys. It's those guys behind the boards, you know, screaming calls if they take calls, making sure their levels are great, you know, catching catch drops, doing edits, you know, making sure they're clean because TV's, you know, ahead of radio. And you know, those guys are very important. I'm, I'm sure all of them will tell you, they would not be able to do their job without guys like RJ, Brian, Ray, Andrew, you know, Jake, you know, and Anthony, so you need, you need all levels like this, and uh, it's very good, you know, there, I, I did hear there's some hockey, you know, and I just saw that the Capitals right now are up 4-2 over the Sabres, that sucks, we don't like that out here. The Bruins are only up one, nothing over the Devils. You know that's 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 surprising. Don needs one more to 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 get that ice pick. You know, uh, so Ice pick! Ice pick. <laughs> break the ice apart and break that frozen tundra. Ice pick, ice pick. Um, you know, I i breaking Ranger fans' hearts. You know, they scored two goals in the first five minutes of the dang God game. And, you know, baseball, who the hell knows, man? What does DJ want to do? Does he really want to be Yankee or does he want to drive the price up? You know, um. so the Yankees got to come to a point to where the more they wait on DJ Lemay, you know, now are they going to try to sign Corey Cooper before they sign DJ Lemay? You know, um, Arch- and Archie Bradley trolled the whole entire world wearing a CC jersey on a boat and homie signed with the to Phillies today, winning $6 million, you know, so that's all it is, and at some point, Trevor Bell was going to sign with the team, he basically made it known that he's listening to everybody, and he even said the KBO, we all know he's not going to the KBO. You know, unless the KBO offers 20 years for $600 million, no one's going to turn that down. But they wouldn't do that. So he's eventually going to sign with the team. He can only sign with one out of 30. So there's 29 losers. There's one winner. And, you know, I just want to say one thing about Trevor Bauer. He only faced NL Central last year. And it's. 12 to 13 starts, you know, a a lot of pitchers can start off good and end, you know, and end bad, so he never got that end bad, he started good, he finished good, he even had a great playoff game, would I love him on the Yankees? yes, but apparently they're a poverty franchise, They, they can't pay for anybody over $10 million, and they're cheap, so, yeah,
0: One of the, um, it's crazy because, and I gotta make this, um, before I address your point, I have to address Yankee Twitter, because this is ridiculous. So, Archie Mm -hmm. Riley signed a one-year contract with the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, right? You're thinking, you know, alright, cool, a decent reliever, good for Philly, right? Yankee Twitter, oh my god, I can't believe it! come down to. We're complaining about Archie Bradley. <laughs> is this the level we're at? <laughs> really? Grow up. Grow up. Archie Bradley, really? Is that the level of concern? So No, no, no. It's bad enough we're concerned about DJ. But, oh,
1: Archie Bradley! Oh, my God! Oh, stop the depressing! You know, I know, know what it is? is? They're seeing every team make but the Yankees. So at this point, they're sh- desperate. They're a lonely loser who needs something happen. They need. They need to hear the Yankees getting someone important because they've made moves, but Julius Chacin does not move the needle. Andrew Velasquez does not move the needle. The outfielder they got. It's not moved the needle. So, we need a needle move. DJ moves the needle. Needle. Bradley, you know what? That would have moved the needle for the bullpen. So, at this point, they're going to take everything. And, you know, that's what it is. They're desperate right now. That's exactly what it is, man. It's like Archie
0: Bradley doesn't even tickle the fans. It's just, oh. Oh, cool, whatever. Now, as far as the other points, yes, um, Yankees need to buy. I feel like the Yankees need to start making other moves because you can't be waiting on DJ. Because the longer you wait on DJ, the more opportunities you have to improve your ball club. Because as we said before, if you're going to start the season with Garrett Cole and Jordan Montgomery and a bunch of kids, the Yankees will be fortunate to get to a wild card spot or they, or if they decide to expand the postseason, depending on what the players agree, because the play because MLB is pushing for the NAT for the DH and whatever. So you'll make a fluky playoffs, and you won't even go far. Like I'm sorry if you're telling me Derek Cole, Joe Montgomery, and kids. No, 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 no. It doesn't tickle the fan. And you mentioned this too. You're wasting the prime years of Derek Cole. You don't do that. The reason why the CC contract was so great, he got you the championship. So whatever he did at the end didn't matter. It's like the James Harden trade. If, he, if the Nets don't win a championship, what's good of that trade? The goal, of the moves you make is to win a championship. If you don't win a championship with Garrett Cole, that's a bad contract. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, but RJ, thank you so much for coming on. Talk, talking with us, um, just another great guest we've had, we've had on dozens, but this one was fun, I knew it would be, he's a talent, and uh, tomorrow is gonna be a hockey pod, so James can get his jollies off, and uh, you know, yeah.
0: It's gonna be fantastic. Um, RJ again, thank you so much for coming on and also next week, um, don't forget, um, you heard Nick. Nick was on live at five. Next week, your boy, James, I say the cool half of this podcast, he's all he's, I'm gonna be on live at five sometime next week. So guys, hey.
1: tune
0: to tune to one oh two point seven the game next week. And you're gonna see myself on live at five with the great Vic Evans and Stephen A. Turner. So then I will give my steal, and we will be talking all that sport. So next week, tune in, too. Tomorrow we're going to talk all things hockey. In the words of Chance the Rapper, a.k.a. Lionel Holmes, let's do that hockey.